Doughboy Podcast, where we are champions of the common man. I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Thanks for tuning in. We sit down with certified good old boys and discuss how they're doing life, how they're getting by, their tips, their tricks, and getting down to the how to live life right by good old boy standards. So, sit back, relax, fix your cocktail, and let's get to the show. Fellas, welcome back to the Good Old Boy Podcast. Now, got a little bit of an interesting setup for y'all today. Uh, this is actually going to be a two-part put into one episode. And today, I uh, got something very fortunate. I am going to be sitting down with Mr. Josh Jordan, but also Mr. C.J. McLaughlin from McLaughlin Racing, Syaps Racing Team, professional NASCAR driver. And this is dropping on Monday. But... Just a little preview. I had to come back and edit all this out to let y'all know that C.J. McLaughlin, who I'm going to be, we're going to show his episode and talking with him first, then Josh and I are going to get into just sitting together, drinking some beers and talking about getting in a race and everything. But C.J., congratulations, man. He just finished at the top of the leaderboard in preseason testing at Daytona. So this young man that we're going to talk to, He's got all the chops. He's going for it. And I promise you one day we're going to see him at the top of the leaderboard. And uh, we're going to be knowing that name. It's a household name. So we're going to get into an interview with CJ. Then Josh and I are going to sit back, drink a few beers, and talk about why Grandpa was probably a bootlegger. So welcome back. Let's get into it. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Good Old Boy Podcast, Mr. CJ McLaughlin. He is the driver, number 10 in Psyops Racing Team. CJ, thanks for uh, joining us today, man. Oh, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to get to talk some uh, NASCAR with you Texas boys. I'll, hey, I tell you what, man, I'm I'm glad that we can sit here and do that because I tell you what, I've uh, my exposure to NASCAR, of course, is Days of Thunder and Ricky Bobby almost. Uh, so I'm kind of limited. I'm excited to learn from a, a professional driver on this uh, topic right here. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, uh. <laughs> Two of my favorite movies right there, though. <laughs> so, CJ, man, give give us your background a little bit. How did, how did you get in driving? When did you start? When did, you know, how, how did you get into NASCAR? So, my father raised motorcycles, like, when he was growing up, and then he got into cars later on in his life. Um, so, I've been at the track since I was, like, three years old. Um, when I turned 10, my dad stuck me in a race car, and then I've been racing, so I've been pretty much racing since I was 10, kind of moved up the ladder, went to college. My dad sold everything on me. And then uh, <laughs> when I was in college, I took a student loan out and used some of that money to go buy a race car. So, nice. Uh, what kind of car like, was it? It was a, it's called a dwarf car. And it basically is a, like a legends car. And it, it's like a one fourth scale of a regular, like 34 coupe. And it has a motorcycle motor in it. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's what I raced for a couple of years, and I moved up uh, to the late models, and now I'm racing the ARCA Racing Series, uh, which is mostly a Midwest and Eastern United States touring series. And I'll also be doing some Xfinity racing this year, which is basically the NASCAR Saturday show. Nice. Man, that, that sounds exciting. Uh, what, what, you know, what, what's one of the things that you, you – what's one of those things that just really gets you when you're – getting ready to start a race and getting prepared for it. How do you psych yourself up for that? 
That's a great question. I, uh, I, I try not to psych myself up because my, my heart's usually thumping through my chest. So I try to calm myself down actually, and just try to focus and like, um, so I, so I listen to a lot of Navy SEAL podcasts and it's, it's all about repetition, right? So in my mind, I'm just trying to go through the track as many times as I can, just trying to take it step by step through the track and like know my marks, um, and just try to kind of calm myself down and kind of get into like a rhythm. Awesome. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Do you, do you do the th- same thing on the highway? Or are you, are you like trying to get there quick or are you more laid back on when you're just driving somewhere? You know what? I'm actually a pretty laid back driver. Um, I like to, uh, I like to give it hell in, uh, in the city, but when I'm on the highway, I'm just kind of cruising. In the city though, you have to give it hell, man. If you're, if you're timid in the city, they'll run over you. Uh, <laughs> uh I, I used to drive around New Orleans <laughs> and if you're not willing to run a few red lights, you're not, uh, you're not trying. So I don't know if uh, Josh mentioned, but I'm I'm uh, I'm originally from Boston, and I spent I spent college in Boston, and uh, you just gotta put put the bumper to everybody. But down in Houston, man, you guys drive drive crazier than anywhere I've ever seen. <laughs> Beltway Eight is just one big track, you know. Yeah, shorter yeah. track. Yeah. Those guys, those guys give them more hell than I ever have. I can tell you that. <laughs> Coming to New Orleans, it's like oh. Uh, Oh, what is it where you're uh, demolition derby style on that side? Right, right, right. So, CJ, what what are you running right now? What kind of car are you looking at, or uh, or are you are you driving? Well, I got to figure out a better answer to this because it's it's a Chevrolet SS race car, so it's not really like any particular build that you know you kind of transform into a race car. It's a chassis manufactured by a motorsports team that we hang a fiberglass body on and we run an Ilmore 396 cubic inch motor that produces 700 horsepower. So that's what I'm running right now. And that's called the Arca racing series. Now what's the, uh, okay. When everybody thinks racing, of course they think NASCAR, they might think formula one, they might think the truck, where does, where does the Arkema series run around that in that league? So, okay. Um, that's a great, great question. I would say, so like, I try to compare it to baseball where it's like, I actually don't, I, this is a bad comparison, but like, you know, you got majors, minors, and then like what double A or is it triple A after that? Sounds after good minor. to me, man. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> same, same stuff here, huh? I would say, uh, yeah. Arca is right in like the triple to double A league. And then my next stop is going to be the minor leagues. And then hopefully we're looking at, 2021 is going to be the major leagues. Okay. That's good. That's a good little plan you got for you. Uh, well, you know, half of that comes from having a great, a great partner. And I hate to plug here, Syaps in, but like none of this would be possible without them. You know, I, well, just, just a few months ago uh, in July, I had no races scheduled trying to get some partners and some sponsors on board. And now all of a sudden we have 10 races coming up and we're, you know, we're more than excited. That's great. Where are you going to be racing at next? Uh, next is going to be Daytona for the Lucas Oil 200. And uh, that's going to be my first race there. I've tested a few times with a couple of different teams uh, over the past couple of years there. But this is the first time I'm actually going down to test on Friday. And, uh, you know, this is the first time I'm going down to test with a sponsor with, you know, doing the race in mind. Because before I would go down there, like, you know, like, kind of like spring training, trying to earn a spot, right? Um, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to earn a spot here and it just, you know, never worked out. Couldn't get a sponsor cause it all comes down to sponsorship money in the end. Um, so 
so now that I have sponsorship money, I'm going down there to test. I'm going down there to race. So now I'm just thinking about the race now. Well, man, I'm, I'm going to wish you good luck on that. That's going to be good. Uh, so when you're going for these races and Josh and I kind of talked about this a little bit there and kind of going back to this, you almost, you have to, you're going to a race. You have to qualify before the race, correct? Or Correct. Correct. Okay. So like, I think, I think NASCAR is different. And you know, I hate to kind of, kind of circle back money here, but like, you know, if the Houston Astros all of a sudden, um, lost sponsorship, right. And they just said, Hey, we're not playing this year. That's a lot different than, you know, that's, that wouldn't happen. Right. But a NASCAR team, they lose sponsorship and they're not racing. So for a NASCAR driver, you got to accumulate the sponsorship. You got to go out, prepare the race car, race, practice, qualify, and then race, you know, race your heart out because you don't know when the Mm -hmm. opportunity will ever come back to you. So you're constantly like, you're constantly out putting it out there, having to almost earn it every race or every practice, every qualifying, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so these guys, you know, and there, there are spot like, so right now I don't have a guaranteed spot for Daytona, but, and that, that's not the same for everyone. Some, some people have guaranteed spots in there, but from, from in my, in my standpoint, I don't have a guaranteed spot. Do you want to explain to Buster a little bit more about what you mean by you don't have a guaranteed spot? Yeah. So uh, yeah. let's so, unpack that. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but we're going to see if Buster can. Let's see if I can follow. Yeah, we'll see if Buster can follow this. So, um, some teams are like uh, established in the ARCA Racing Series, and they have a, uh, you know, points built up from like last year's races, and that kind of gives them credibility to get into the to the race at Daytona specifically. Um, since I'm. I'm joining a team and we're, we're creating a whole new team branch from that. We don't have any points or owner points or anything built up from last year. Um, so we're going in there kind of, I wouldn't say green, but green on the standpoint of having no points. Okay. So y'all are really, really still wet behind the ears on this. Um, so, I mean, from a from a team standpoint, or how how long has Cyaps been sponsoring you? How long have y'all been been doing this? So you know, Cyaps uh, sponsored me in one race last year, and they had a great time. They they got really great exposure from it because they have uh, they have fast products. So the branding behind the fast car really ties into that. And uh, so that they did one one race last year, and now we're slated for ten this year. Um, five of which are going to be in the ARCA racing series. So I do not have a guaranteed spot for five races going forward from that. I'll be into the NASCAR area where I'll, I'm going to sign up with a team that does have a, does have a, uh, a guaranteed spot into every race so that I'm guaranteed to race. Okay, man, that's, there's a lot more to this than I guess the, uh, the common man theory of a, turn left, turn left, turn left, turn left. <laughs> that, I mean, people don't really know about and, and think about. Uh, I, I was just talking to a friend who, you know, uh, who played college hockey for a little bit. And it's like, at, at the same level that I'm at, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about money. I'm thinking about the crew and I'm thinking about the car. And then I'm thinking how the race is going to go. You know, when you're, when you show up to play hockey, baseball, football, you're like, all right, are my cleats? Are my, is my equipment good? Like, all right, I'm ready to play. You know, is my body good? And it's like, there's just so many more aspects to racing that, you know, people don't kind of consider sometimes. 
Well, it's a bigger investment. I mean, you're, it's like they say the difference between a boy and a man are the price of and size of his toys. So, I mean, you're looking at NASCAR, <laughs> you're looking, you're looking at high performance machines here, you know, uh, travel trailers, crews, engines, things like that. I was listening to something today about, a it, it a guy was talking about how, oh, who was it? it? It was Stone Cold Steve Austin was talking about how he drove a monster truck. It was the one he had and it was near in South Texas and he, rev the engine too hard and it was a thirty thousand dollar engine like you said made him feel like an asshole but uh <laughs> yeah. i mean i can imagine you know that's something you don't want to do you know your equipment is vital for this keeping your car in good standings you know you got to have a good crew you got to have a good uh pit boss you got to have a good driver you got to have a good team good it, it's a a whole mesh of people doing it exactly you hit the nail on the head there man Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I try and look at things a little bit deeper than I should sometimes. So, uh, so CJ, let me ask you this, man. What's the, what's your most favorite race that you have ever run? Oh, uh, um, I would say the last ARCA race that I did was the, um, the shore lunch 200. And that was that Lucas oil raceway in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was pretty fun. That was like my debut ARCA race. Um, the longest, toughest race I've ever done. And, uh, I was, you can ask Josh, Josh was there for that. And, uh, I was pretty much exhausted after that race. I could barely pull me out of the car. Yeah, no, that, that was for sure. And if I get a vote, that was definitely my favorite. Cause that was my first one as well. Getting to do marketing and PR on the race side, not just a fan. Now you said they had to pull you out of the car. Was this, uh, oh, I don't want to, I, I want to ask okay. this nicely. So yeah. well, what does it go through on your body driving that much? You're, you, so, so you're going 200, 200 miles. How fast? What are the G's like? What's I could imagine you're not driving in like a link. You're not driving a Lincoln continental, you know, just going down the highway kind of fast. You know, you're, these machines are built to perform, not built for speed, not comfort. Correct. Correct. So, um, yeah, yeah, I was kind of yeah. I mean, I was kind of joking about the drag me out, but I, I barely barely get out of the car. Um, <laughs> it, I wish I weighed myself beforehand. I uh, just you know, splitting headache. Your head is rattling around inside the helmet for three out two hours or however long it was, and then uh, you just sweat so much. You know, I try to put water to me as, as much as I can, but you still you're still in a hundred and twenty degree car. You know, in a full suit, sweating like crazy. So. It's, it's, it's really, you know, even as a racer, you look at these other drivers and like, you're watching a TV on a race. You're like, Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Until you get in the car and feel it. It's like nothing you can, I can't even, I still have a hard time explaining it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of these drivers sometime and you know, I've, I've seen it where they're the steering on these things where they're, they're driving and the wheels going kind of like pretty far back and forth, but they're still keeping it in a straight line. Is it something like where the suspension or the steering in is just, is it that much control needing to be done like 24 seven on it or, or what? Yeah. I mean, you know, some drivers have different techniques. Some people like to saw on the wheel to try to get a little more speed out of it. I try to be a little smoother. Um, Mm. but yeah, you, you, you're, you're fighting a 3000 pound machine, you know? So you're trying to keep that in control and make it go as fast as you can. Yeah. Now, Touching on that where you said make it go as fast as you can. 
there are limits, isn't there, on how fast your car can go for certain leagues? Is is that true, or am I have I heard that wrong? Or so so for certain tracks like Talladega and Daytona, they have restrictor plates on the cars on the engines to kind of top it out. Um, so we top out at around 185 at Daytona and, and Talladega, but as opposed to like uh, tracks like Michigan, we top out at like 205. Why so slower at the other ones? Uh, for safety reasons, there's a lot of uh, larger crashes that happen at Daytona and Talladega. Cars will kind of get get spun around, go backwards, and flip over. So they try to uh, limit the speeds there. Ah, okay. So then you really, you know, you, you hear people say like, oh, you're driving, turning left. I mean, there there's a lot to this, uh, you know, I guess planning out. And if you hear the uh, the crying in the background, that's my uh, little baby girl. My My wonderful wife is trying to put her down right now. She's having a little hard go at it, so apologize for that. Oh, uh, don't don't be sorry. So, uh, but but you're having to, you're having to, I guess, plan and look ahead and wait for that opening and shooting the gap and all that, right? Right. So, like you know, like I mentioned, like tracks that they told tell they got. I'm I'm constantly trying to push my vision forward because like a, a football field happens in like a second or something, right? So you're traveling like a football field a second. Dang. You have to like constantly push your like line of vision forward as you're as you're moving down the track. I had a buddy of mine who uh, he was a Marine, and then he went and worked with Blackwater. And his job was uh, he was a private contractor, and his job was driving. So he went to all the schools, and he we were we, he came with us to Mississippi, and he was explaining to me while we're driving, we're like all right, we're in a big old F-350 jacked up, and he is humming it down the highway. And I've never felt more safe, <laughs> I guess, because he's had that experience of training. We're like, we're going left and right and dodging in and out, and we're all just like, I feel good. And he, he <laughs> had that training and experience of it, and he's like, man, if you never pushed your car to the limit, you don't know what it's capable of, and you're never going to be that comfortable with it. So, I mean, Right, that's right. And, and I – I think that's a way that you're explaining this, you know, and looking well, for those openings. It's funny. I think I think the best uh, portrayal of like a driver's talent is this is back a couple of years ago where Jeff Gordon kind of pulled a prank with Pepsi and they took a, uh, a car yeah. salesman out in the Camaro. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, I did see that. And oh man, they ran a he drove the hell out of that car. Right, right. So you think, you know, oh, Jeff Gordon's just a driver on Sundays. Man, he was whipping that Camaro around like nothing. Yeah, there's a uh, there's another video out there, and it's like a blind date or something like this, and it's a stunt driver. It's a woman, and they oh, uh, yeah. she's set up on a blind date, and she gets like this Mustang, and it's one of the, the bad boys. I think it's a GT, uh, a GT, and... So the guy's like, oh, you want me to show you how to drive this thing and all that? And she just tears it out, and those guys are screaming and hollering. It's, <laughs> I can't help but laugh on that one. So, Oh, those are my favorite ones. So, uh, so the one one of the questions I got to ask, man, have you, uh, have you wrecked before? Uh, so I haven't wrecked since June, and that was my, uh, my asphalt late model that I raced up in New England. And that was just a tough racing deal. That was a 150-lap race from Waterford, Connecticut. And um, it was just one of those deals where uh, – so you're familiar with cautions, right? So cautions are when 
mm-hmm. like an accident happens, they stack everybody up again and they throw the green flag. Um, yeah. And the, the saying in racing is cautions breed caution. So saying that there's not, there's going to be another crash soon. And uh, I just mm-hmm. got caught up in another, another wreck at the end of caution. So was it just like a banging into each other or did you go flying or what? Or I, uh, someone jacked up the brakes. They got, they got kind of stacked up. So there was a pile up and then I got pushed into the pile up. So oh. I had some damage to my radiator and stuff and kind of couldn't finish, finish the race after that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It, so but but turning out that's just, just a racing deal, you know, just trying to yeah. fight for position. And, yeah. Right. Mm. Rub it as racing, you know. <laughs> Rub it as racing. So, CJ, what's uh, what's what's some of the misconceptions you think that people have about about racing like this? You know, I know when people will look at it, they'll think, "Oh man, you know, it's once again turn left, turn left, turn left." What, what's something that you know you would you would want people to know whenever they're looking at this race? And let's say somebody sits down or they go to one and they're taking what? What should they be looking for? to say like uh, oh yeah i'm picking up on that so like i've been a race uh you know nascar race fan all my life and now i'm like starting to understand like the business side of it more and like to watch a guy in a lower funded team play or race better than some of the guys who have like uh, better funding is really interesting to watch in my opinion um you know because once you understand the budgets of like a NASCAR team, like some guys are getting a hundred thousand dollars to race and some guys are racing on 10 grand a race, you know? So if you, if you see a guy, you know, that has kind of a back of the pack car and you can understand that that's the back of the pack car, but he's running up from the top 10 or top five, that then that's how you can tell like a, like a true talented driver. And vice versa, and vice versa where you have a guy who like a, Daniel Suarez, who's uh, from Mexico, he just, you know, came off a year with one of the greatest teams uh, in NASCAR, and he didn't perform at all as, as well as he should have. Why is that? Um, you know, it could have been team chemistry. It could have been uh, him trying too hard. But, uh, you know, some people could say he wasn't a good driver, you know. If he's in the best equipment and he isn't performing well, it's hard to say what, what it was. This kind of reminds me of golf in a way where, you know, you can go out and I don't know if you play golf or not, or Josh, you play golf, but you know, you can go out and get the best equipment there is and still not perform, but you can go rent a set of clubs somewhere. And if you're, you've got a little bit of skill and you you put in the work to it, then you can go out there and shoot par and beat everybody. I mean, it's, it's real. It's real interesting that it's a mix of, you know, the the talent of the driver, the the funding of them, the equipment, and everything. You know, uh, never thought of it in that aspect. You know, Josh, what would you say to like look at for you know when you're watching a race? Yeah, Josh, you've been you've been a big NASCAR fan your whole life, right? I have. So coming off from being a big fan getting to be now on the other side of that and doing the business aspect of it. Um, know that it's not the biggest, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
it is a redneck party. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Believe me. Talladega, that track right there. It's a two and a half mile trioval super speedway. And in the middle of this track is an airstrip, an old airstrip. RVs line up on both sides of it, and it is redneck Mardi Gras all weekend long. We're talking, I no, mean, all, no, I all, go. <laughs> all sorts, all sorts of debauchery. I mean, you you got people handing out beads, you got people handing out booze, you got people handing out boobs. I mean, they got the Hooter meter, they got poles, they've got. I'm. It is. It is. It is a show. Yeah, but every almost every sport has that. You uh, know, the Kentucky Derby. They say the infield of the Kentucky Derby is the same way, kind of. Well, I'll, I I can't sit here and say I'll ever end up at the infield of the Kentucky Derby, but I would still be hard pressed to think that yeah. you're going to have anything better than the infield of Talladega. But uh, <laughs> my, my point that I was going to get at is that just I'm, I'm going to have to bail. I'm going to have to bail Josh out of jail. Come uh, come after our race at Talladega. No, 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 no. We're not doing any of that. Nope. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, you, you win the race, maybe, but, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll all go to jail on that one. But, about <laughs> but my, my big point that I was going to make that I would like other people to take away is that it's not all it's not all a bunch of rednecks driving, you know, driving these cars. I mean, these guys are – they're athletes. I mean, as you had stated earlier with, you know, the amount of – muscle that it takes to do the water weight that you lose during a race how hot it is i mean all these factors that these guys are athletes and there is so much money involved in racing compared to other sports it's unreal what's it's just something that you don't think of what's what's like the average what's the cost to get in a good race you know like to start off get in there what what what's the dollar figure you need to, to start in this thing? Um, so at the cup level, what the team spend and what drivers spend are completely different. So I would say what a team would spend to get to the Daytona 500 would be anywhere from 50 to $60,000, a, a low level team. And then higher level team was somewhere probably in half a million range. And Daytona is just a little bit more expensive than every other race. So that's kind of hard to, um, to compare to other, other racetracks. But um, at a level at the Arca Series, you're looking anywhere from 30000 all the way up to 100000 per event. So and I would events? say I believe there's 26 events on the Arca schedule. And I believe 36 on the NASCAR schedule. So, you know. The, the budget to run for a good team for the NASCAR Xfinity Series is $6 million a year. So if I wanted to go up and race uh, for a good team in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, I would have to get a sponsor or multiple sponsors for $6 million. Wow. Yep. But, you know, you take that in consideration, like like uh, Farmers Insurance uh, sponsored Casey Kane a couple of years back for half a million dollars for one event. Let me ask you this. Me and uh, I'll put this out to a couple of guys. I know they asked if anybody had a question, and this one just came up. So, your pit crew, where do these guys get their experience at? How how do you, how do y'all get the pit crew guys? Is it, you know, where's their? Some of these guys, uh, there's a pit crew school in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina, that they go to. Uh, Some of my pit crew guys um, 
are there for my late models. Uh, so like I have two guys, uh, Nick and Ed, who work on my late model up north, and they have experience just working on my late model. So, you know, of course, I want to bring them along for the ride. And uh, they also have experience working with me, so they know how much of a prima donna I become before the race and everything else. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just experience. Like, you know, kind of coming up, everyone cutting their teeth at the short track level and then coming up into NASCAR. Um, but, you know, there are schools to, you know, become a become a pit crew guy. And some of them, you know, at the, at the, at the, like the Dale Earnhardt Jr. level, they, uh, they're former D1 athletes, uh, football players who didn't really make it and didn't get drafted. So um, really? they're kind of brought into the NASCAR scene because they're quick, right? So like defensive end, I can move they're around. Strong. Yep, strong, fast, agile. I would have never thought of that. Yep. Man, that's, that's pretty cool. That's and think of how many college athletes don't make it every year, you know? Yeah. And it's, so uh, on the good teams, they get paid 100K a year to change tires. Really? Yep. To travel, change tires, you know, see events. How? Man. Sounds like a bad. good deal. <laughs> that sounds a really good deal. So, uh, so what's a, how much does a tire weigh and like the car weigh? And what, what's like your best pit stop time? Do you, you know, what? all those factors that go into it. So these guys average, have average spit stop time is like 15 to 17 seconds on uh, a good crew would be like 12 seconds at the, at the premium NASCAR levels, 12 seconds. Um, I think a tire weighs around like 55 to 60 pounds. Um, oh, not the lightest and thing. You're carrying two of those. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just imagining like what I've seen, like crew exchanges where these guys are just like flinging tires around. I guess yeah, they're not, they're they're not They're filled not with light. nitrogen. <laughs> are, are they? Right. Nope, nope. They, uh, most of them run air. Oh, man. That takes a Good Lord. And then mule in the car. How much does the car weigh? Uh, 3,400 pounds. Dang. And then, so it's 3,400 pounds, and then you still have all the you know, your carbon fiber on the outside and everything, you are just, that, that thing is, it's all frame and engine, huh? And tires. Yep. yep. Man. Pure performance. Yeah. And then you got my 200 pound butt sitting in there. <laughs> Throw in extra two bills and there you go. Yeah. Uh, so CJ, where's, uh, where's your dream race? Daytona. Daytona is, you know, that's like the it all be all. I grew up, um, you know, my father is a truck driver, right? So we didn't really have much money growing up. And uh, our one vacation year was the Daytona 500. So me getting to race at Daytona um, in, a, in about four weeks is like my ultimate dream, you know? And I cannot wait. Like the countdown's on. Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm happy you get to experience that. that that's that's amazing, you know, when you have this opportunity to do something, your dream of it, and boom, it's there. I appreciate well, man, that, we, but uh, all thanks to SIAPS yeah. on this one, you know. Yeah, well, yes, you, definitely thanks to SIAPS. You gotta, you gotta have a good team with it, though. You know, it, it's like in everything in life, you gotta have the good team. If you, you know, racing, you gotta have your sponsors, you gotta have your pit crew, you gotta have your driver, you gotta have your your marketing people. You gotta have everybody's got to be working together. Right, and Josh has been busting his butt 
to get me more sponsors this year. And I can't thank him enough as well, too. Oh, well, good, Josh. I mean, hey, appreciate it, brother. The uh, the way that he's talked about this, man, it is that that's why I wanted him on the show and get you on here also, because the way he was talking about it, I was just like, I'm I'm in. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I ain't got a lot of money, but I'll be I'll be sharing it out there, man. <laughs> I'll well, be trying to give as many good old boys a uh, taking a look at you. I appreciate that. Awesome. That, it, it's so funny with Syap. So I don't, you know, everyone's had those trials and tribulations of life, or not necessarily someone lying to you, but not, you know, being completely truthful. So, you know, when, when you meet a company like Psyops and they're like, Oh yeah, let's do this thing. You're kind of just a, a, you know, a shy apprehensive to be like, Oh yeah, this is happening. And then, you know, come, you know, they fall through with it and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is real. You know, this is really happening now. <laughs> it's like, Oh, they did send the check. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, we got exactly. you. <laughs> nice. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Uh, Man, I'm I'm really I'm glad for you. I'm glad for Josh. I'm glad for your crew and for Psyaps and all those guys coming in. And uh, man, I, w- I want to be a little respectful of your time, so I know things are uh, getting a little late for you out there. Uh, but man, it, it, is there anything that you would want to share? To uh, well, I got one other question that came through from our uh, our guys. Uh, which movie do you prefer, Days of Thunder or Talladega Nights? great question um or cars <laughs> <laughs> days of like the movie i would watch to get pumped up would be days of thunder but i if, if, if so if, that, if they were both on tv at the same time i would flip back and forth because it's 50 50 but uh days of thunder is like it, it is very true too like some of the things that they say in the movie are kind of true to fact of you know where they they're starting up a race team and they're talking about money to to fund it and everything else. Like you gotta have money for two cars because if you go on and wreck one car and you got a sponsorship, you gotta have the second yeah. car. You know. Oh man, that's yeah. It's not like your regular sports where it's like oh, I gotta have an extra hockey puck or I gotta have an extra basketball <laughs> or football. No, we gotta have an extra car, guys. No, and there's also a lot of truth in Talladega Nights too. <laughs> yep. I mean, what, what truth is that? Man, you you go down a rabbit hole of, you know, you got one driver and, you know, maybe he liked the other driver's wife and, you know, something there might have happened. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there is literally a rabbit hole of, you know, of things in that movie that actually are true about, about NASCAR and about racing in general. So I heard, uh, I heard, uh, I heard a pretty funny joke recently and I'm, I'm not sure if I was supposed to share this, but, uh. Apparently, so Kyle Petty is the son of Richard Petty, the king, right? Right. And Kyle Petty would go around the garage saying, hey, you guys know what my dad, what I have that my dad doesn't have? My dad, who's a seven-time NASCAR champion, the king, Richard Petty, you know what I have that he doesn't have? And everybody's like, what? He goes, I got a kid who can drive a race car. (laughs) (laughs) And because Kyle Petty really, no, no offense to him, man. He would joke about himself. He really couldn't drive a race car, so uh, oh, he would kind of, kind of joke about himself not being able to drive a race car. CJ, who's your favorite race car driver? Who's the guy you rooted for? Um, I pull for Clint Boyer right now because he's a he's a good old boy. You know, uh, he's he's in Kansas. He's real. Uh, there's a lot of people in the NASCAR sport right now who are just a bunch of. Uh, entitled 
rich kids. And I hate that more than anything. And I, I don't hesitate to say that because just a bunch of entitled rich kids to have their parents paying their way for them. Hmm. So you, how did you describe Clint Boy? You said he was a good old boy, but he, you said he, he's a wheel or what? What? Oh yeah, what he's a wheel man, but he's uh, he's from Kansas and he's just uh, he's he's just a real, you know, he's a real person. All right, all right. Maybe we need to see about getting him on here too. Yeah, That'd be interesting. So, well, cool, man. Well, hey, CJ, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit down and talk to us and calling in. Uh, tell everybody once again, man. Get, give us how do we follow you? How do we find you? How do we? How can we support you? Yeah. So on uh, on Instagram, I'm at cjmclaughlin.racing, and then on Twitter, I am at cjmclaughlin3. And then on Facebook, I'm CJ McLaughlin Motorsports. And my name is M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. All right. Well, man, fellas, everybody, if you're listening, go follow this man. He's trying to get his his dream come true. He's got his passion. He's following, He's got a great crew. He's got a, some great people behind him from, from talking to him. If you have it, Go support this guy. Take a chance. Watch the race, CJ. I'm gonna try and watch it, and and, and also, and I'll be cheering you on, man. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to call in and talk to us today, buddy. Thank you so much, and uh, hope you hope you make it out to a race this year. I think maybe Las Vegas will be close enough for you. I'll take a little road trip out there. So my wife and I, when we talk about you know where this podcast is going, I told her I was like, I'd really love to start traveling more and going to the places and meeting the people. So she likes Vegas. I like Vegas. I like party. So <laughs> we like party. We'd love to have you there. Let's go. So, well, CJ man, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, buddy. Hey, uh, from my standpoint, you get certified good old boy approval right now. So all right, hell you. yeah, brother. All right, man. Good luck. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. All right. All right. Bye. Talk to you later, CJ. All right, everybody. That was CJ McLaughlin, the number nine car now with Cyaps Racing. Currently first place in sitting in Daytona. Wish this young man a bunch of good luck. Now, y'all go follow him on Instagram. Now, we're going to get over to our, my interview with Josh Jordan. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Good Old Boy Podcast. We're back in the studio today recording a special episode coming at you guys. I got an opportunity here to sit down with a gentleman who is doing something that maybe we all dreamed of doing one time, uh, being involved with one of America's favorite pastimes here. Today, we're talking NASCAR. I got Mr. Josh Jordan here in the uh, studio from NDT Testing and also from, it is SIAPS Racing Development Team. Josh, thanks for coming over. And this gentleman knows how to show up right because he brought me a very nice now. If you're familiar with racing and you grew up around my age, you know, you might have seen that Budweiser car, and he brought me a Budweiser Jim Beam Copper Lager. Thank you very much, Josh. Appreciate it. More than welcome. Thanks for coming by, man. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Appreciate you having me on. Oh, man. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. How are the holidays, man? How'd they treat you? Uh, we, we, <laughs> I think it was a month or two ago that we went on a golf cart ride and talked about everything and getting this, and now we're here. For sure. No, it's it's definitely been a good long while. Uh, I, I might have even forgotten about some of the things that you and I were talking about. Well, that's great because <laughs> then we can start all over again. <laughs> but holidays were good. Uh, mainly hung around here. Uh, as mentioned, 
when we were talking before we started recording that, uh, you know, wife's parents live down in Dayton, so drive down 146 and until it dead ends at 90, we're there. And then my parents actually live one neighborhood over from us, and they live over in Hidden Lake, so. That's so nice when you don't have to, is that the only traveling you did for the holidays was to Dayton? No, I wish. We actually, the furthest we went, went was, we went to Kingwood. Okay. King Kingwood was actually the furthest that we went multiple times, so. Didn't y'all go to Disney, too? We went to Disney back at the very beginning. Our last, when we came back, it was November 1st. Okay. All right, then. That's, all right. Well, not, not too long ago. How was that trip? It was fun. Uh, that's actually what my uh, my wife does, uh, Mary. I know. We just found that out. My, <laughs> my wife is uh, looking at that now. So, she... uh, my wife, Randy K. Jordan, she uh, works for a company called Pixie Dust and Pirate Hooks. She is a travel agent. They don't just specialize in Disney. They do everything from all the other cruise lines to other resorts. You know, she can do anything, you know, resort-wise, like, say, down in Mexico or in the Caribbean or whatnot. Um, so, she basically picked this up with it being her passion. Mm-hmm. She ended up doing. She ended up. She ended up coming along with this, with this passion. She actually has garnered this through college. Uh, she did a college program when she worked for. Uh, she we both went to Texas A and M, and while is this the Disney program? This is a Disney program. So my she, wife did that. So that's what. That's exactly what she she did the Disney program while we were at A and M. So she went away for think six months and ended up doing that came what, back fell in love what year was that oh man so we graduated in 11 it was probably okay oh nine or 10 okay my wife my wife's class of 06 whoop uh <laughs> thought i'd just throw that in there Gig em. yeah whoop. so uh i've interviewed too many aggies i need some lsu boys on here <laughs> or something oh uh, no that's funny that you y'all did that because my wife did that and she fell in love with it and so now you walk in and you're telling me that she's doing that. My wife's all about trying to plan the Disney cruise for us. And so it's like, uh, that's one of the things she's been praying about and we've been praying about. So maybe that's how it all comes together. You never know. That is how it all comes together. Like I said, so she, she, she does Disney and I do racing. Nice. Now you also are in the oil and gas industry. Yes, sir. In a, so. in a way, kind of, uh, talk about that, uh, NDT. What do y'all do there? So, work for Turbo, Turbo Non-Destructive Testing. Uh, it's a family-run business. My dad owns a company. Uh, we're based out of technically Houston. It's more Pearland, basically Almeda and 288 Beltway, back in that direction. Uh, so, we, we, we do magnetic particle testing, uh, dye-penetrant testing, fluorescent penetrant testing, hardness, positive material identification, uh, pretty much you name it, ultrasonics. Uh, pretty much everything but x-ray in terms mm-hmm. of non-destructive testing. We we do it. Um, our bread and butter is rotating equipment, so pumps, turbines, compressors. Uh, that's going to be bread and butter for, you know, everything on, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, we do end up, however, getting the odd jobs. Uh, I think I showed you. I can't remember with, when we were riding the golf cart, but we have demagnetized a Toyota Tundra that – was from the Star Toyota dealership that was up 96 that got struck by lightning. What? Uh, what, what did y'all have to do that for? What? <laughs> like, hey, our car got struck by lightning. Come over here, and you're going to 
So it got it got struck by lightning. It, it, it hit the antenna, and it had come. There's a pot mark coming out of the corner of the of the hood no. uh, near the near the windshield. Uh, what ended up happening? The insurance company and the dealership they were arguing over whether they were going to total this truck. This truck had, I'll say, it was like eight hundred miles on it. I mean, it had, <laughs> it, it was brand new off the lot. Lady had. Been driving it, got struck by lightning. Her insurance company wanted to total it because the GPS unit that was the heading unit, not the mm-hmm. not the actual you know media center of the truck, but just the GPS unit that's up by the sunglass holder, pegged it north because there was magnetism in the metal now, so it right. thought, it thought that. It was so always, it, ma- it, it always thought it was reading north. It magnetized the whole truck. Correct. It magnetized the truck, so the truck thought it was, or the GPS unit constantly was thinking it was pointing north. That's weird. So they replaced it. I think like, I think like two or three times, and when they replaced it, it fried every unit. Yeah. So you, the whole truck would have had to just <laughs> stay magnetized or kind of like a screwdriver, I guess, in a way. Whenever it hits another piece of metal, and then it gets maybe they, maybe you should hit it with a screwdriver. That demagnetize the whole thing, that, and, and, and that is one way to actually demagnetize something. You can technically, <laughs> technically, you can hit something hard enough that you're going to make it vibrate at a certain frequency that it's going to degauss itself. Mm-hmm. We've tested that theory on some scrap parts. They, they were they were scrap to begin with. It's not a it's not a recommended uh, practice. It's not industry standard. Correct. So this truck. Uh, they, the Toyota dealership brought it over to us and explained to us that, hey, we can't figure it out. Uh, clearly, there's still some magnetism in it. It's fried these units. The insurance company was wanting to total the truck. Toyota, the lady had purchased, you know, had done financing through them, so mm-hmm. they were floating the bill for the majority yeah. of the truck still. And, you know, they're like, no, we're not going to have that truck totaled. Like, yeah, why? There, it's a loss. Why? And uh, ended up... Coming to find out that, you know, it had, I think, 18 Gauss in it or something like that. And Gauss is the measure of magnetism. So what's a, what's a regular magnet? Oh, a regular, a regular magnets. I mean, way out far and beyond. Uh, your, your industry standard for what we have to de-Gauss to or what, mm-hmm. what items should be riding at is going to be three or less. Okay. So... So for all you good old boys out there listening, your new word is Gauss. So when you're looking at a magnet or if something's magnetized, they can say, man, that's a that's some low Gauss in there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw that word out a lot now. <laughs> and demagnetization is something that we specialize in, so that's something that we, we do pride ourselves on. Uh, and we'll, we'll use that to the... To, mm-hmm. the, to the best ability of the company and advantage of the company, but that's that's definitely what that's we. That's interesting. That's that's kind of a weird thing, you know. So it's like, hey, this truck's magnetized. Can you come demagnetize it or tell it what it is? That's cool. How's it like? What's it like working with your dad? Interesting. That's the that's the best way to describe it. Uh, I worked for my dad for <clears throat> three years. I would say we didn't ever we didn't start off with the our our relationship was always it, it was a good father son relationship but it, it we had our moments and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually 
broke off and started his own company, Turbo NDT, back in uh, 2006. So he's had it for over 10 mm-hmm. years now. Uh, he had a partnership that had gone south and decided that he needed to break off and start up his own company. No. And decided to do that. Everything worked out. He ended up hiring some younger employees. That's how he usually actually likes to hire, train them his way. Yeah. You know, they usually don't put up too much of a fuss. Yeah. Uh, and ended up having, they ended up, I think it was like two of them quit real abruptly and ended up going to work at the refinery. Yeah. So I remember him call. I was working at a company called Amory Valves and they, I remember my dad called me one day and he's like, Hey, you want a part of this company or not? I had to sit there and think about it long and hard. And I think by long and hard, I think I sat on it for maybe a night. Yeah. And by the next day, I put in my two-week notice and moved from Katy back to League City. And off we went. I was working for my dad. And since then, it's it, our relationship's actually grown in a, in a much better way than I've actually expected it to. We, we don't see a whole lot of each other, which may be – a good thing. Yeah. He, he's actually a, he's a very hands off boss. He lets mm-hmm. us kind of you know run the show, do our own thing. You know, as long as he's as long as he's involved in the bigger decisions, that's he's what getting he, the right information. That's all. That's all he asks for. Outside right. of that, he's you know you go you know he'll he'll delegate to where you need to go do a job. But in terms yeah. of you know how you're doing that, he doesn't. As long as you get the job done, that's a hard thing to do. Work with your <coughs> work with your dad because you know all right father-son dynamic you always know how that kind of goes uh but then boss co-worker situation underling it's difficult my uh working with my dad i mean we (laughs) we got into some some very heated discussions on how things should be done and but it was always at the end of the day when it was said and done even if we spent the whole day arguing or doing at the end of the day we locked the door up and was like we're going to get a drink and it's like it's done it's all business. That's a great that, way to squash it. And that's it. the part. If you say, this is business, it's not personal, it's not your dad getting on to you, it's business back and forth, you know, it goes. So So speaking of business, you're developing a new one now. Yes, sir. And a very interesting one, one that has roots in the American history, which started from bootleggers. I hear you on that. And yes, sir. Who can be the best, the fastest, the God? I get, I don't watch it enough, but man, when you start getting into it, it's exciting. NASCAR. Yes, sir. Let's talk. All right. So, Josh, you're working on getting this NASCAR team going. You've got Psyaps behind you as a major sponsor, you've got your driver, CJ. How did you get into NASCAR, though? What what brought you about? You know, who who turned you on to it? Who got you going? Who took you to your first race? You know, what's your dream race? What's your unpack it, man? Tell. All right, let's let's run through the game. Look, we just cracked a few. We cracked two new beers. Let's see how far we get through by the time we finish it. Sounds like a plan. So, I honestly can't tell you how old I was. I can't remember how old I was. Uh, but my grandpa was the one that got me into racing. Uh, I, re- I really, I mean, I remember the day he, he came up to me and he said, 
hey, I got a new sport I want you to watch with me. Let's watch it. And it happened to be a NASCAR race. Never watched it before in my life. Didn't care about it. That day, everything changed. He was really into it. I was really close to my grandpa, so this was a really good bonding moment for him and I. Next thing you know, my dad's actually really getting involved and becoming a really big fan. Uh, my dad and I both were big Dale Jr. fans when Jr. was racing. He drove the Budweiser car, he, man. He, dro- he drove the Budweiser car back in the day. Uh, we ended up over at Hendrick Motorsports where he was, you know, running with some different sponsors, but uh, he will always be remembered for driving that eight number eight Budweiser car. I could never... After he changed and he wasn't driving Budweiser anymore, and I know that happened a lot like it, I think like his stepmom or something. That was classic. Man, we're gonna we gotta come back to that because that was like classic, almost like family drama in NASCAR, wasn't it? Something like his mom had taken over. So Earnhardt Racing. And- so DEI Dale Earnhardt Incorporated was who Dale Jr. drove for with the number eight car. Right, and is the one his dad started. Correct, and with Dale Senior's passing. All of the ownership of the company went from Earn, from Dale Earnhardt over to Teresa Earnhardt, which was Dale Jr.'s stepmom. Dude, how? <laughs> and he was he was able to, he was able to run around with her for a while. Uh, eventually, they started button heads on the direction the company was going to go, and you know whether he was going to actually take ownership of it. Uh, he just decided better better to step away than to you know. He said it really wasn't my dad's company anymore. I actually just got through shameless plug reading his book, Dale Jr. Racing to the Finish. Great book. It actually deals with the reasons why he ended up quitting the really? sport. Uh, concussions. Did you uh, did you do hear the Joe Rogan podcast on him? I did not listen to Joe Rogan's podcast Dude. on him, but I have a feeling I have heard a good chunk of it already. I actually, Junior has his own podcast. Listen to that. I love it. Everybody's got their own podcast now. You're no longer unique, Buster. I am. I'm not. sorry. <laughs> I'm not a snowflake. <laughs> but uh, no, his uh, his his book's actually really good. I actually think this book should be a must read for young athletes of any kind. It it should be professional athletes. It should almost be a mandatory read. He he talked about that. Uh, I don't know. We're kind of going on a tangent about uh this, but he talked about that how he he was he was like at a restaurant and he just wasn't feeling good. he had his crew and everything and he just started not feeling good and it was from one of the wrecks and he he had to go to the doctor and the basically it was look dude you're really banged up it, it the book's and, actually crazy i mean it, crazy just the symptoms that he would describe was happening to him you know his eyes not syncing up with his mm-hmm. brain where they would almost kind of float lazily and yeah. do their own thing. And he would be trying to focus on something and no matter yeah. how hard he would, you know, like I'm looking at this book right past your shoulder and no matter how hard I'd try to focus on that book or how hard. Yeah. It try wouldn't to focus, happen. His eyes just could not physically do that. And you, you got to listen to the Joe Rogan one. Cause he, he talks a lot about that and about the doctor he went and saw mm-hmm. for it and how it, that guy helped him a lot. So Great read. So, yeah. shameless plug, but great I, read. I love some Junior, you know. Also, I like the part on the podcast when he talks about a wreck in his uh, Chevy S10 when he was younger. And I just like, oh, 
Japan. And he had to call his dad. And it was like Christmas Day or something like that. I'm sure that wasn't the only thing he's ever wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) So your grandpa turned you on to NASCAR. How did grandpa uh, get into it? Did he just like see a race one day or would he I'm not going to lie to you. I've never delved into that far. Okay. My passion and his passion. Maybe grandpa was a bootlegger. Maybe. But his passion was... His passion ended up, I think, becoming tied to my passion for it. And okay. It always... Like a good grandpa does. Yeah. So, and they lived in Santa Fe, which is, as you know, is not too far from League City. So, mm-hmm. my parents were always able to drive me over there whenever I wasn't able to drive. And then whenever I was able to drive, you know, I'd go drive over there and stay Saturday night with yeah. them. And that's what we would... That's what we'd do. If there was a race on TV, we would be... It would be on TV. Nice. No doubt about it. Um my dad, like I said, eventually got into it, and he ended up taking me to my first race. Remember, we went up to Texas Motor Speedway, which is up in Dallas, mm-hmm. sat over towards, it was actually the Speedway Club. We went with some friends, so we were fancy. Ooh. The Speedway Club, uh, which... Nice lanyard. Yeah, nice lanyards. And you you have your own seat with a seat back. It's not a bleacher. Ooh. Uh, You're in the shade? You're kind of in the shade. Um, but best part about every NASCAR track is that you can bring your own food and beer and liquor as long as it's not in a glass container. Wait, well, hold on. I've never heard this. At any NASCAR? Bring your own cooler with your own beer and your own water, soda, sandwiches, steak. Bring whatever you want. You can literally bring, you? as long as it ain't glass, it can go in a cooler, you can bring it in. I'm so mind blown right now. I mean, I know the, the like inner track where they have the parties and the campers and everything like that, but oh man, now I'm excited. Now I want to, I want to go tailgate. <laughs> well, you can go tailgate. And then you can walk up into the stands and just bring the same cooler you're using to tailgate. Hopefully, you put more beer in it. Yeah. But you oh. bring that same cooler up there, pack you a little snack. Holy shit. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, trying that, not to hide my – I'm trying to hide my arousal for this right now. So, thank you. Well, <laughs> well, as we were stating earlier, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll try to get you out to a race. We'd, like, we'd love to have let's you out there. Let's do it. Let's, let's – good old boy podcast goes on the road to a race. Let's that, do it. That'd be awesome. Sure. Uh so your first race, you get, you get the fancy seats, you get the... So I remember where we sat. We went with some family friends. It was great. Uh, sat over. Speedway Club was turn one, uh, entry of turn one of Texas Motor Speedway. Took off from there. I mean, my dad and I went... Bad with dates, apparently, because I can't remember how old it was when I went to my first race. Probably middle school. Yeah, you're getting old. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, I know. I couldn't remember how old I, I was. I 30 next month. Shut up. All right. Dude. Um, <laughs> turned 30. Yeah. So, I was trying to remember how old I was in third grade the other day. <laughs> I was like, eh, 10? Yeah. Maybe. In age? Yeah. I was in school, I think. Yeah. yeah. So. so we went to we, like, uh, went to the race, family, friends, hung out, did all that. Uh, Dad and I ended up, man, we, were, we started going to Dallas probably every year. They had one race a year. We'd go. 
spent some good money, stayed at some nice hotels, went up there. That was that was our getaway. That was my dad and I's getaway. Well, then we started bringing friends, and it snowballed, man. We had, I think the first time we brought a friend, I think we brought like two people with us, and it was my dad and I and two other guys. And I, by the time it was all said and done, while they still only had their one race up there, we ended up having dang near, I think, like 10 people go with us. Wow. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, just stay at the hotel, party at the hotel, go to the track, party at the track, watch a race. Hotels usually on race weekends have buses. Mm-hmm. Take you to them so you ain't got to worry about driving. Don't That's have to worry good. about any of that. Uh, and then we ended up started to do travel races. Uh, that was always my one thing to started to really look forward to every year. We'd still go up to Dallas. But then we started doing one travel race a year. What's and a travel race? A travel race. I mean, a travel race for me is where I out of state. I mean, oh, okay. the only NASCAR track in the state of Texas is Texas Motor Speedway up in Dallas. So, what about the one in Baytown or uh, Baytown's a drag, roll, roll purple drag strip? Okay, NHRA the big the the big dogs for drag racing do go there. The NHRA goes there, and I. I'll take you to that too. Adam. You're not going to scare me away from going to a race. I could. It doesn't matter. We'll go watch tricycles race out in the parking lot. Don't I'll, threaten me with a good time. Yeah, I'll, I'll go watch it. If it's very loud. Okay. Well, I, I want to get golf cart races in the neighborhood. The people race all the time in the neighborhood. You know this. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Unsanctioned. I don't care. I. I'm. I'm, I, I got I'm a, ready to go. I have a go kart. I got a '92 club car that's factory. And I can hit 16 miles an hour on a fresh charge. With those tires? You like those tires? I like, thank you, man, for those <laughs> tires. I, I, I want to take it and get it remounted because I got to have my I gotta have my chrome. I've been riding dirty on, <laughs> on that fourth wheel. Thank you. My boy Josh hooked me up. The uh, the night that we went and drove around on the golf cart, drank some beers, talked NASCAR, I'm pulling up to his spot and all we're hearing is thump, 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 thump. I think I got a flat. And when I look, the tire is shredded. Now, what I didn't admit, though, is I would go pick my boy up off the bus, and <laughs> we kind of have a cul-de-sac, and I'd do donuts in the cul-de-sac with it, and all you'd hear is, <laughs> like, I got that tire spinning on there. That, and when I'd go to my neighbor's house uh, to let him know I was there, I'd go really fast and then slam on the brakes and just, <laughs> it's classic. We might go do it. <laughs> Well, you you get your golf cart. I got a go kart. It ain't here. It's kept up at work. But if uh, we're gonna race, let's I will, race. Uh, I'll, You'll I'll, smoke I'll, me on a go kart though. I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring it to the neighborhood. I'll bring it. You got to give me a few lengths lead. So nah, I hear you. So you you've traveled around for NASCAR. Uh, did you get to travel with your grandpa? My grandpa actually never went to any races. He, he what? He was a homebody. He also was uh, scared of heights. So oh. getting on a getting on an airplane was. Absolutely out of the question. <laughs> Getting on an overpass was an act of Congress, according to my grandmother. So uh, that never, that just was not something that he was interested in. We brought him back plenty of stuff, uh, you know, try to, you know, take pictures and whatnot mm-hmm. and call him while we were there and, you know, gain some memories that way. But my dad was really my, you know, my big race buddy. Uh, travel race, I mean, I've gone to Vegas, Bristol, Daytona, Talladega, Dover, Richmond, Charlotte. Every, 
and Miami. I mean, these are probably only I've only hit a handful of the tracks that we've gone to. We've uh, in the past probably five six years. There's a company called another shameless plug called Star Coach Race Tours, mm-hmm. and uh, we've started traveling with them. And what they do is these people are kind of ingrained with they they know all the people at NASCAR, and so they own a bunch of Prevost motorhomes, mm-hmm. and they take these Prevost motorhomes, they got a crew of people and they follow the circuit and they drive them track to track and they cook for you. Like, an old, like the old people who go to the casinos? Like the old people that go to casinos. <laughs> nah, these people are, you know. <laughs> a little more. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're great people. But they that cook, sounds awesome. They cook for you while you're there. Uh, included in your price is unlimited beer. Uh, What's the cost of this? Everybody, there's one thing, it, it varies a lot. I would say it varies a lot per race. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say on on average about ten thousand. But but, bus, but it's everything. But, but the buses sleep usually eight to ten. Okay, so you so, can get like eight guys. Yeah, you can go, and and have a party crew. Right, and that's what we oh, we normally do. You have everybody gets a I think a seven fifty milliliter bottle of liquor of your choice. Everybody gets. It's, What's it's, your choice? It's any kind of tequila. Tequila. Let's uh, Patron or better. Okay. Did you hear? There's a rumor that uh, Don Julio, 1942, they are running out of it, and this is going to be the last production run. That's a rumor I heard. I'm not sure that rumor wasn't started by you on a you know on our little page. No, because someone else told me that, so I bought a bottle. Oh, so I bought it's all bottle. hearsay. It's hearsay. Either which way, it's going up. So, yeah. 90 bucks at total wine, so not bad. I may need to go pick me up a bottle. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> I got a bottle. Uh, so, so you grew up just running around, going to the track, spending time with your dad, spending time with your grandpa. How did you... Uh, how did you get involved with PSYAPs and CJ? Where, where did that come about? If it wasn't for me working for my dad and some awesome divine intervention by God, I'd, I'd, I, I can't describe how crazy it was. I love the way that guy works. <laughs> I, I, me too. I, I, I cannot describe how crazy it was for me to have found, for me to have found him. So, work with my dad non-destructive testing every month we have a non-destructive testing society meeting mm-hmm. at battleground golf course I happened to go to the meeting mainly because my dad is still old school and he cuts paychecks still he does not believe in direct deposit so <laughs> he ended up taking uh I think he texted everybody and he said hey if you want your paycheck today show up to the meeting if not it'll be waiting at, it'll be waiting at the shop tomorrow but if you want it today, you can get it a day early. Nice. And it'll, I'll be at the meeting. So. How old's your dad? Dad is 659. Right. 59. I still young. So we ended up, uh, ended up at the meeting. I think everybody from work went to that meeting. Small company. Mm-hmm. 10 people, including him. But I, I think all nine of us went there so we could all get paid that day (laughs) so if it wasn't i mean and it was like one circumstance after another if it wasn't for that 
um, the person that was giving the the big main speech that night was uh, Don. He is the CEO of Psyaps. And what did they do? So Psyaps makes uh, PMI positive material identification analyzers. Okay. Uh, so you know uh, testing for they basically you you. you it's you a put, gun. Right. You put the gun up to uh, a material if you want to know what the chemical composition of it. If you've got a piece that's 316, you want the chemical breakdown of it. Of it. That's important in our industry. It's very important. So, want to hear a funny story? Sure. Uh, I, I got the opportunity to go travel to uh, Solon, Ohio, to uh, the Swagelock headquarters when I started with them. And... Uh, it was our training. We're two weeks there training. These these guys believe in training and in getting you better, getting you up to speed. And so one of the days that we're there, we're actually with all the metallurgists. They, they have PhD chemists working on the metal there. One of the guys brings out the machine that does that. And he's like, yeah, we test metal here. He has like Hasloisi. He has Monel. He has all this, and he shows us how it works. And he says, anybody got any? Anything they want to test and check out, and I, I'm like, I got my my necklace. It's supposed to be sterling silver. He scans it, sterling silver. Yes. Another guy is like, oh, I've got my ring. It's gold. Boom, it's gold. This one guy comes out and he says, man, here's I just got married. Here's my wedding ring. My wife spent twenty five hundred dollars on it. It's this. I don't know what did he call what material it's supposed to be, but. He takes the gun, puts it against it, and he looks at it, and you just see the guy's face like, uh-oh. And he looks at another guy, and he says, uh, yeah, let me try this side. Scans it again. He's like, uh, hits the print button, hands it to the guy, and he says, I think you might want to call your wife and see what she bought. It was like, it might have almost been copper or something. It was like, I can't remember the material, what it was. <laughs> But it wasn't $2,500. Like, this guy, he literally took it, grabbed his phone, and walked out the room. I, I'm sure. That's, that's, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> we were all. That's crazy. We, we waited till he got out the room, and we all started dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Man, that's so, crazy. So, he's giving the talk. You're there. So, Don, so Don uh, CEO of Syaps, he's, he's, giving, he's giving the talk. And he just happens to be wearing a polo shirt, and it says Psyops Racing on it. I like racing. Guy's got a racing shirt on. I'm not going to not talk about yeah. it. So I walked up to him, introduced myself. He's putting all the, all the signals out. <laughs> yeah, for me. <laughs> so I walked up to him, introduced myself, and I, at that moment, I don't even think that I was even caring about what he was trying to sell. I was interested in the... The fact that he had a shirt that had racing on it. Started talking to him about it. Might or might not have uh, been in the right frame of mind. Might have had a couple beers. Yeah. Uh, so. We've was had there, a few beers I, here and we're doing all right. Yeah. Well, it might have been more than a few. But what? <laughs> yeah. neither here nor there. Uh, don't remember some, how old yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. Don't remember how old I was. Don't remember how many beers I had that night. Uh, he ended up. He he was awesome. He ended up telling me, "Hey, just shoot me an email in a couple of days, and we'll, you know, sounds like you're really interested. I'll see what we got for you." All right, cool. 
I don't think I even made it to about probably three o'clock the next day. I already sent him an email. I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Let's, let's do this. What do you got? Rolled around. I think the, so the meeting was on a Wednesday. He responded back like on a Friday. All right, me, you, and CJ, we're going to have a conference call come Monday. All right, cool. Monday rolls around. I'm nervous. I'm, I, I don't know what to expect. Next thing you know, they're being, I mean, they're awesome. They're, you know, CJ's like, you know, sounds like you know what you're, sounds, sounds, sounds like you know what you're doing, uh, you know, but it sounds like you've got the passion for it. And basically kind of, kind of went from there. CJ ended up kind of talking to Don and kind of shooed me in. And next thing you know, I was flying off to Indianapolis for CJ's ARCA debut. Went, ran his social media while we were there, took photos, kind of was his handler, you know, kept him, kept him hydrated, anything he needed, went and got, went and did. That's kind of just kind of a, a kind of a catch off while, mm-hmm. while we were at the trying to find your spot. Kind of, but you know, he's also operating on a, a smaller budget. So yeah, trying to help. This is also not, you know. You go to the bigger teams and you've got a guy that, you know, does nothing all day, but, hey, you need to be eating this, you need to be drinking this. Hey, you got yeah. this person over here is taking all your – taking photos for you. you got this person mm-hmm. over here is running all five of your social media accounts and ones that I don't even know exist. I mean, <laughs> that's that's just what happens with a bigger team and a bigger mm-hmm. budget. So I was being – kind of being the catch-all and – he liked me enough to keep me around. Don liked me enough to keep me around. So be going to hopefully all ten races this coming season. Nice. Running social media again. Got me a big nice camera for Christmas. That was my cool. gift to myself. What kind did you get? It is a Nikon D seventy two hundred. Ooh. The lens I bought though was more than the camera. The lenses are expensive. The lenses Look, are. That's, that's my Nikon and. I borrowed my father-in-law's telephone <laughs> for shots. The lens that I got is uh, seventy to two hundred. Wow! It's a it's a seventy two hundred, uh, but the f stop is locked at a two point eight. So it's, I mean, in in total length, it's the 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 lens itself is probably about ten inches long, mm-hmm. and the the diameter of it, I mean, it's probably like three inches. It's Dang. it's big. It weighs a lot. Uh, but it's made to, with an F-stop that low, it's made to be able to zoom in real far mm-hmm. and be able to look at the car, and it'll be able to freeze the car while you still... You're not going to get... You're, you're, gonna you're get not going to get a blurry photo. Right. The background's going to be blurred, but the car's not going to be blurred, yeah. if that makes any sense. My iPhone can do that. Your phone can do that, but you ain't going to be zooming in that far, and you ain't going to be seeing it, nothing like that. No, I'm I like, promise you. I'm, like, right up on my dog, like, don't move. I mean, my kids. don't, don't get me wrong. The iPhones have gotten great at taking portrait photos and yeah, whatnot. That's, and the, that's that's what they're good the, for. The quality is movies. great. Movies. The quality is great up close. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like, there's no doubt about it. They're good for movies, I find. Like, if you want to shoot a home movie, they're awesome. I, ha- I can't say I've ever done that. I mean, I've shot stuff at the – Clearly used my phone when we were at the track, shot mm-hmm. stuff at the racetrack. Uh, it, it does great that way. I mean, yeah. I, I don't like – it's way more convenient to video something I've, that way than use a yeah. handheld camera. I've, I've videoed a couple of things for work and things I've done with my phone and then just simple with uh, iMovie, throwing it in there and, and just put something together. 
So eventually I want to take this thing to, uh, to go on the road and go visit people. Uh, one of my guys that I had was, uh, AJ Bosarge of AJ's custom fab. And I told him, I was like, dude, I'd love to come film a day over there with you and just do a tour. And he's like, come on, I got a drone. So hey, let's go. Yeah. So anyway, so you're <laughs> tangents. I love them. Uh, so you're in Indianapolis, you're, you're, you're with the crew, you're working with them. Now, your role right now is to get sponsors. Correct. So, role away from the racetrack is purely marketing. Mm-hmm. Is to talk to as many people as I can to try to obtain as you know as many sponsors as I can. We have you know primary spots available. We have associate spots available. Uh, you heard CJ throw out some of the price ranging, uh, and whatnot. we're gonna hear CJ. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Magic of editing, folks. There Magic you go. of editing. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a. Uh... We've already talked to CJ. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw that bullshit at you. So <laughs> we've already talked to CJ. He's a great guy. We're gonna throw it in after this, and, and you're gonna. This guy's awesome. Just talking with him and his passion for it, how he started it, and uh, what his description of it gives you a whole new appreciation for it. So just, it's coming up, folks. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> So you're getting you're getting the sponsors. So getting yeah. getting sponsors. I've got a list on my computer right now that's some odd three hundred companies long, always growing. Trying to look for you know I've gotten gotten very good now at finding people's email mm-hmm. on the internet. I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta dig sometimes, yeah. and you may have to guess on a couple, but you can usually find that you can usually find that correct email. Uh, have you tried Michael Berry? I have not tried Michael Berry. Or Mattress Mac? I have not tried Mattress Mac. That's it's It's one of those where What what's an ideal sponsor look like? Let, let's go that route. How about So an ideal sponsor, you're gonna laugh, is honestly like Psyaps. Don was no. he was one hundred percent behind CJ from the get go. Uh, you know, CJ went to him, said, Hey, you want to sponsor my race card? Don said, Yeah. Ended up taking off from there, and just Don is he 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 loves it. I mean, he he's never been he, he had never been to a race before. He he just he saw CJ. He wanted to help a young guy out. He wanted to get involved in the sport using their print budget money. So mm-hmm. they you know they they had a budget for you know print media that they were still using, and basically. It was going to waste because he was like, you know, nobody's really looking at a whole lot no. of uh, uh, print media nowadays. Um, so what he decided to do was he turned around and turned that print media budget and threw it towards sponsoring CJ's race car. And here we sit right now and anticipate, anticipating the 2019 season. That's cool. I'm like, uh, Prince dead. I'm going to throw it on NASCAR. I mean, and and that's literally you're you're just you're you're looking for somebody who's just going to be enthusiastic about it. I mean, yeah. Don's perspective, I can guarantee it, it'll it's going to change throughout the course of the season for well, the better. Because once you go and once you get ingrained into it, I don't I don't care who you are, you could so hate the sport and you could go and you're going to have a whole new respect. I th- but nowadays, I think you kind of have to do that with. Instagram, Facebook, uh, social media ads, YouTube. 
everything's free. But my buddy uh, Jonathan Randolph, he's a marketing guy. He, him and I have talked a few things about this, and he was telling me like your advertising budget should be like one tenth of your income. And I'm like, that's a lot for some companies, and that's not. Where are you going to spend that money to get the most exposure? You might as well throw it behind something that's kind of out there nowadays. You know, you're not buying a yellow page ad. Almost sold yellow page ads for a while uh, back in my younger days. I don't remember how young I was. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing. Nowadays, you got to throw your money behind something that's catchy and grabby. I mean, it, it put it on a put it on a NASCAR. So I'm putting Put it, golf cart races. We're going to get sponsored. Yes. I see that I, I, my loyalty lies to my race car. So I, 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 I know I got, I'm just throwing it out. My sponsor, my spot. If I obtain a sponsor for a golf cart, I don't think CJ going to be too happy. So I, <laughs> if I obtain a, if I obtain a sponsor, it's going to have to tell him it's going on a race car. Yeah. But I think golf cart sponsors would be like, give me $10 in a six pack and I'll put your name in. And Sharpie. that's also probably very true. <laughs> Yeah, so so what's a sponsorship cost? Like what's what kind of money are we talking about? So sponsorship sponsorship costs we're we're, we're talking Dude, we're just sitting here. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. No, I'm trying to I'm trying to think about what 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 he what he had said. Not I I really don't remember. Uh we're we're looking for associate sponsorships from anywhere from like five to about fifteen thousand mm-hmm. a race. Okay. Uh, primary sponsorship is going to be about thirty to sixty thousand a race. Mm-hmm. Uh, more money buys you better equipment, buys you better crew, buys you better tires, buys you more tires. Which you know, having more tires at your disposal is never a bad thing. Uh, you may go out there and be able to. You go burn up a set. You want to be able to change them out. You want to be able to do that after every run during practice. You can do that if you've got a good Man, budget. That's. Oh, I wish I would have knew that question when we talked to CJ. So, like, maybe you can help me. How many? How many tire sets do you need? It, it's gonna. It's, it's in multiples of four, probably. Correct, but it's gonna also. It's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna depend on. Uh, it's gonna depend on the length of your race. Okay. It's gonna also depend on the type of track you're at, the age of the track, whether it's really weathered in, and it chews up tires. The newer, the newer a racetrack is, the less it's going to chew up tires. Hmm. It's going to be more glossy, is the best way I could yeah. describe it, and glazed over, where it's not going to the the rubber's not going to really take to the racetrack. It's it's going to okay. be yeah. Wow, tires. Hmm. I know it comes up when I got to buy tires. I'm like shit. Yeah, no, it, it's in. I it, got money sitting aside in the savings account for tires. You know what? In fact, just just. Just for you, right now, I will text him real quick. I will text him, and I'm going to ask him how many sets of tires. And you want to know how much a set of tires cost? How m- yeah. We'll find that out. I want to know how many tires you need. What do they cost? I'll buy the back left, maybe. <laughs> I got a little money, so I'm going to buy a tire for CJ. Start a GoFundMe. Get my boy some shoes. Hey, that might actually work. We hadn't tried that one yet. That's that's the new thing. Like, hey, except for I don't believe in getting money that way. For no, 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 just be like, look, you don't want to sponsor. How about you buy a set of tires? It's a new. It's a way in. It is. 
<laughs> I just don't know how I feel about it. I just don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if that's... That, sleep on it. That just seems like the wrong way to go about it. Nah, sleep on it. Tire sponsored by Boom 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 Boom. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying. Are you going to be first at the top of the list? Let's see what this text comes okay, back at. Right. Yeah, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll we'll see what we'll see what he says here in a second. I tell you what, depending on how much it is, I'm gonna reach out to the boys in the hood, and I'm Ooh, gonna we'll say we'll have a Marbella sponsored, yeah, tire sponsored, good old boy podcast sponsored by Boom, you know, and we're gonna do that. I'm, we're gonna buy a set of tires. Uh, that's just my thing. I I try and think out the box. I try and think out the box. Uh, you can PayPal me at Buster Ca- <laughs> PayPal.com backslash Buster Caballero. Uh, just put a note in there, tires, and uh, we'll get you on the list. And so. something that I was actually going to share with you is our marketing deck that we've created, that I created for CJ for the 2019 season. Just something that I actually wanted you to be able to see, and uh, maybe if you could put it in the show notes, that would be extremely yeah. helpful. Is it is it something online right now, or it's, well, it's a PDF on my All laptop right. right now. But it's something if you want to look through it, does reach the size of a page. So yeah, I'll put this out. Yeah, I can hear my kids. They're still up. Looks like. He's running a Camry, huh? Camry was last year. This year, yeah. like he said, is it's a SS, a, a Chevy it, SS. Yes, it is a Chevy SS, and the number is actually going to be the 09. Okay. Not the number 10. It's going to be the 09. The Nina. I love it. So. And his. Whoa. You may not be able to hear it in the podcast, <laughs> but I think my daughter's going nuts. What time is it? Oh, she's getting ready to eat. My poor wife. She's she's a man. I tell you what, we're we're I was running trying to get us ready to uh, record, and she took all three kids. But I'm gonna take all three kids this starting tomorrow. She's going for a girls' weekend, so I get the kids Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, you'll probably hear see me. <laughs> so here's the schedule: uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the ARCA Series, Daytona. He's excited about Daytona. Daytona is his. Uh... That was that was his that's his number one race. That's his That's his dream. That's his dream race. That's the one he's always wanted to do. Uh you asked me what what race I've always wanted to go to and I've been to Daytona before. Uh I've never been to the Daytona five hundred. That would be one of them. Martinsville. And one of the road courses. NASCAR runs two road courses throughout its season and Man, let me tell you, it, that is something that I want to. It's uh, something that I want to go watch. I've been to the Circuit of the Americas, which is the racetrack in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, where Formula One races. And if NASCAR could ever find it within themselves to come to that track, that would be amazing, bro. So you, not all tracks are are just circles, right? For not, NASCAR, or not all tracks are circles. Uh, but there are some majority of them we would can we would consider like a cookie cutter racetrack. Okay. So uh, Texas, Charlotte, Atlanta, all these tracks almost have the exact same degree of banking in the turns. They're all made. They're all owned by the same 
racetrack builder. Um, mm-hmm. They're all owned by the same company. They all have about the same degree of banking. They're all mile and a half. They're what you would consider a cookie cutter racetrack. They're okay. just they're they're very. There's no standard deviate. There's no deviation from. And, and as and this is as much as I like going up to Dallas to see a race at Texas Motor Speedway. You can pretty much if you lived in Charlotte, if you you can watch the exact same race at any of those tracks. Mm-hmm. They get kind of boring. There's not a whole lot of action. Uh, there's good racing, but there's there's just really not a whole lot of action that goes on during those races. Uh, Talladega and Daytona are your super speedways. They're two and a half miles. Um, you have Watkins Glen and Sonoma, which are your two road courses. And then outside of that, you have you've got a couple two milers, you've got a couple half milers, a couple one milers. Uh, those are where you really hit your variations. But yes, most of them are oval. To answer the question in a roundabout way, <laughs> yes, most of them are ovals. There's only two road courses out of the 36 races they go to. Only two okay. make, make right hand turns. All right. Yeah, everybody thinks it's turn left. You hear that, fellas? You can turn right. You, you can turn right. Oh. Two times a year. <laughs> so, uh, you're going to be going to Indianapolis, are you? No, Indian, Indianapolis was last. Indianapolis was last year. Okay, so he's starting out, but he, Daytona. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry. No, you're you're fine. So, <laughs> yeah. Daytona is actually where we're going to be starting at this year. And give me two seconds, and I'll pull up. You're going there too. Yes, I All will right. be. I'll be at Daytona and all, hopefully, subsequent races this season. We've so NASCAR kind of has the the all right. So February 9th in Daytona, uh, April twenty sixth Talladega, May twenty third Charlotte, the thirty first Pocono, June seventh Michigan. Okay. We're going to throw this in all in the show notes. You'll be able to check out this schedule and follow CJ and uh, the Cyops Racing team around. Uh, so what do you – what's one of the things in racing that, you know, that people may not understand? I know with CJ, we ask, what, what should people be looking for? But what's something people don't understand about developing a race team, getting it going – This is something that I can't sit here and say like I'm 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 a com- complete expert on. I mean I'm one of the cogs in the machine trying mm-hmm. to help not really start a race team. I mean he's 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 able to you know we we've he he's got a ride so he's got a car coming from a car owner mm-hmm. um, that he's going to be put in. Uh, something that people really don't. So let, let's put it this way. Uh, you say, hey, NASCAR race. Oh, people might think, you know, rednecks looking at it and everything like that. What's a mis- let, let me phrase a better question. What's the misconception about NASCAR? Kind of like what you just said. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that it's all that, rednecks. That it's all rednecks. Uh, it's, it's big money. There's I mean, a lot of money in it. It's, it's big money. That's that's exactly what it is. It's big money. 
you, you when you go to a race, you're going to see people walking around in suits. You're going to see people walking around in jorts. And that may be all they're wearing. They may not be wearing anything else. They may be walking around barefoot in jorts, and the guy may look like a piece of beef jerky. That he, that guy's probably got more money than anyone, though. You never know. You never know, you but... You never know, but uh, probably not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a branch and say probably not. His retirement plan is lottery tickets. His retirement plan may have been season tickets. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's in, that's interesting to, you know, that you see that wide variety and, you know, you, you see the redneck thing. But, I mean, when you're looking at these cars and the cost of them and the amount of money going into them, the, what it takes to get a team to travel, uh, you, you were saying anywhere from like $50,000 a race to half a mil a race starting on the big boys, you're, that's not chump change. That's not, that's not, that's a lot. No, that's that's a it's a ton of money. I mean, it, it's not. There's no two ways about it. And and it's almost like any other sport. You know, if you've got you know, you look at, I don't know, I, I'm not a big sports guy, but I look at you know, I hear about the how much the Yankees can spend versus how much the Astros can spend versus how much the you know another baseball team can spend. I mean, look at it. You could. In a lot of their stuff, though, if you if you think about it, it's tied to the athletes' contracts. That's okay. where their that's where their money is involved. Okay. And I'm not saying that there's not big money involved in the contracts of you know race car drivers. There is, but the majority of the money in racing is tied up in that race car and mm-hmm. that in that crew. Okay. It's not you know. And the tires maybe depending on it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're just, you're, you're, I mean, just kind of uh, from a perspective of like comparing equipment, you know, you're, yeah. for fo- what do you need to play football? You need pads, you need cleats, you need a football, a helmet, and a jersey. Yeah. There you go. You don't need a half a million dollar race car. Or two of them. Or two of them. Every team always comes with a backup. Yeah. You go to a track every weekend with two cars, every driver. Dang. There, there's so much to this that I think if people took the time and just sat down and looked at it and thought about these things that we're talking about, that it'd be like, man, that's that's something. And and on the back, the like I had said, you know, on the backside, I mean, we're talking a lot about NASCAR, but I mean, this goes for you. You want to talk about millions and and billions? You're talking about Formula One. I mean, yeah, those guys. I don't know a whole lot about in terms of. Their marketing, but I mean, I, I can Google how much one of their, you know, head sponsors pays, but they're by and far, they're very secretive though, about what a lot of their stuff. I've, I've heard that where like, you know, then you're dealing with like Ferrari and Audi and Lamborghini and, you know, you're dealing with some high end. You're dealing with a lot of high end and you're dealing with a lot of their European internationals. And, yeah. But the, the, the. They're just they're they're very secretive about yeah. everything, and uh, there's not a whole lot of inf- you know a whole lot of free willing information in the Formula One world. But I mean, I, I implore anybody to go watch any of these races, any of the races that CJ is going to be in this year. They're all going to be on TV. Every one of them. They're okay. all going to be televised. Uh, believe a majority of them are actually going to be on Fox Sports One. Okay. So that you know anybody who's out there listening who 
wants to be able to watch CJ, you will be able to do that this season. You're going to be able to I, – I do believe every race that he's going to be participating in should be on TV. Oh. And he has texted me back and uh, said if you're – this is – more on the 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 large the NASCAR scale, not the okay. Arca, not the Arca scale, but uh, you know you're gonna want said about eight to twelve depending on the race and the track. Like I okay. like I said, and this is gonna get you through your practice sessions because every race you're gonna have practice. Uh huh. You have practice sessions, qualifying, and the race, uh, and they're about twenty five hundred dollars a set. I can get that. <laughs> I can get that. We can we can get that. We can get that. All right, I, I, I'll I'll let CJ know. I'm sure he'll let let CJ know that the good old boy podcast and the good old boy <laughs> network. We're gonna get him some funds. We're gonna we're gonna buy a set of twenty five hundred dollars tires, and it's gonna have has CJ's name right on there. There we go. We're gonna put his name on it. All right. Know? So, uh, well, buddy, I appreciate you coming in here. Uh, where where do we need to look for if someone wants to sponsor your CJ and Psyaps and get some information on them. Where do they go besides the show notes? Because guys, I'm going to put a lot of their information, the links to CJ's information, uh, the links to the Psyaps racing team, to all that CJ McLaughlin racing. I'm going to put all that in the show notes, so uh, you can go there. But w- where do we need to go? What do we need to talk about? So or- you can more than more than welcome. Feel free. You can contact me, Josh mm-hmm. Jordan. You can contact me at my email. I don't have anything fancy. I'm running off a Gmail account. It's just Josh, period, J-O-R-1-5 at Gmail. Or you can contact me via my cell, which is 713-263-4305. Be more than happy to talk with you about it. So if you're a business out there, your owner, you're a good old boy, you're looking, maybe your print advertisement isn't doing it for you, man, throw it on a NASCAR race for a while. See what happens. I think it'd be a good investment. It'd be something a little different, better exposure. We can come up with a strategy that will benefit you, and whether you're looking to spend a little bit of money or a whole lot of money, we, we can we can find an associate sponsorship spot on the car, or we can find a primary spot. All right, man. Well, Or tires. You can buy a set of tires, too. Or you can buy a set of tires. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, once again, Josh, thanks for coming over, sitting down. Appreciate the beer. Uh, and listening to my kid cry in the background, I'm going to go figure out what that is after a while. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate it. I know we played hell trying to get this going. Uh, golf cart race is coming soon. Look out for that. Uh, I will be taking sponsorships on mine. $5 for a dry race on the side. Uh, so, guys, for this podcast, uh, Josh and I were able to sit down. We recorded a, a, a call with CJ. What I'm going to do is, because the length of it, I want to make sure that's something. I'm going to give CJ his own episode on here, and it's just going to be titled CJ McLaughlin Race and Psyops Race, and I'm going to drop that on the episode with this so you can listen to both parts. Uh, it's a really great interview. He was a really good guy, so stay tuned for that also. Guys, once again, everybody, thanks for listening to the Good Old Boy Podcast. I really appreciate it. Remember, everyone, subscribe, share this, uh, give us some ratings. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play. We are uh, Find us on Instagram and on Facebook. Just look us up, Good Old Boy Podcast. I need your follows, I need your likes, and I need your reviews, because if not, my wife will not let me come in here and drink beer and sit down with my friends and record this anymore. So if you can, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Guys, thank y'all for listening.
I appreciate the support. I appreciate the listens. Josh, I appreciate you. I appreciate CJ, and I appreciate Syops Racing for what they're doing and putting it out there. Uh, good luck on this race. We're going to be looking for you all. And once again, and as always, guys, say hi to your mom and them for me. Thanks. <laughs>